the show the establishment warned you about. That's right, it's the Dr. Tommy Show. Welcome back. We are glad you're here. If you're here listening to us on this independent podcast and you want to do us a favor, join the uh, subscription list on whatever you're listening to. You can watch us on Rumble Live. You could also listen to us on any of the podcasting platforms. Glad you're here, and I'm here with Tracy. Hello. It's the end of the week, and it's mm-hmm. the uh, uh, beginning of fall for us here in Florida. We actually are oh, able to get right. in the pools yesterday. Is today the first day of fall? Yesterday. I said last night. I don't know. Oh, the 22nd. Okay. They said, well, I was listening on the radio. They said today is the first week of fall tonight, so whatever okay. that means. Okay. So. Oh, my favorite season. And uh, yeah, your favorite season because your favorite holiday is coming up Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been doing this podcast now for like six years on and off. Minus two. Minus two. Minus three or two because uh, when Olivia was a little child, we didn't mm-hmm. we didn't have the podcast going. So anyway, Too difficult. we're glad you're listening to us because, uh, uh, like I said, if you're listening and you want to... Uh, Listen to an independent podcast and help us out, then subscribe or uh, share it with a friend. Got a lot of different things to cover today. One of the things I wanted to cover was this uh, controversy, I guess you call it, with the lieutenant, not lieutenant, the uh, Democratic uh, candidate for governor, Stacey Abrams, who thought that there was no such thing as a heartbeat when a child uh, fetus was uh, six weeks old. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I really don't understand what she's talking about. She said it's made up. She said it was so manufactured. So men can't have a choice. So men could so. basically uh, take women's rights away. Essentially, is what her, her her point was. I think. So if you haven't listened to it, it's not that important. But Stacey Abrams said, um, "What did she say here?" It's a manufactured sound to convince people that men have a right to take away or take control of a woman's body. Abrams, who supports abortion up till birth, declared in an Atlanta event. This is from redstate.com. Stacey Abrams, I believe, is childless. Yes. Has no children. Yes. So she's never even experienced it. She probably has never even been in a room with someone that's having an ultrasound. Yes. Or has a Doppler on their belly and the doctor's looking for that, you know, heartbeat. Yeah. It says here, Abrams declared the assertion that the fetal heartbeat begins at six weeks to be a lie that was allegedly, quote, manufactured by the patriarchy because they want to control women or something. Yeah. She's got to be delusional. You know, I mean, how many women right now can say this isn't true? Mm -hmm. Well, listen to this. Adding insult to injury. This is what happened in the Washington Post. They had a fact checker there named Glenn Kessler. There's a really, seriously, if there's a fact checker for this? Yes. And this is what he, because every time there's something that liberal does or leftist does that's kind of embarrassing or whatever, controversial, that they may get some traction with uh, negatively, then the fact checkers rush to their aid. Like, let's say that uh, Joe Biden does something stupid, like, my butt's been wiped. The fact checkers will rush to it and say, he didn't say my butt's been wiped. He said something else. We don't know what he said, but he didn't say my butt's been wiped. Nobody knows what he still says, but anyway, that's the <laughs> point. Anyway, they had a fact checker, and this is Glenn Kessler wrote, for what it's worth, quote, fetal heartbeat is a misnomer. Listen to this genius. The ultrasound picks up electrical activity generated by an embryo. The so-called, quote, heartbeat sound you hear is created by the ultrasound. Not until 10 weeks can the opening and closing of cardiac valves be detected by a Doppler machine. So ultra means beyond. Sound means sound. Ultrasounds don't pick up electrical activity. (laughs) But this guy who's a fact checker working for the Washington Compost thinks that that's what happens. And so he basically got uh, educated by somebody on um, Twitter. With somebody who actually, who's had a baby? There was also this brutal threat. This is from... uh, Red State. This is, it goes, there was also this brutal thread from radiologist Pradeep Shanker that de- demolished Kessler's argument and similar arguments made by pro-abortion leftists on the fetal heartbeat issue. Sharing some of the highlights from it below. Glenn, this is scientifically and medically incorrect, 100%. Ultrasound cannot detect heart electrical activity. Who told you otherwise? And then he said the NPR link you sent is wrong. It says ultrasound only detects d- density and motion. It cannot detect any electrical activity at all. This is a scientific fact. And then I guess the NPR had some link that kind of backed up what Kessler was saying. And uh, it said that the heart is not the same. His heart's not fully developed at six weeks. 
And then Kessel, and this radiologist wrote, it is true that the valves in the heart develop later. However, the cardiac muscles that are located in the embryological heart are contracting. They are, in fact, moving inward and outward. That's how you define a beat, he went on to say. It is the beat. Is the beat the same as a fully grown adult beat? Of course not. We're talking early in biological development. However, the cardiac tissue is contracting, which is literally what a beat is. To say otherwise is scientific misinformation and cannot be treated otherwise. Then there's a picture or a video of it. A picture of what? A video of a heartbeat. Oh. Of the, you know, the ultrasound. Oh, anyone that's ever had a child knows that you can hear a heartbeat early. Yeah. But that's funny, though, because... What's her point? This is the what? So well, the it's, point her is point to is, dehumanize the fetus. That's the point. Yeah. So she obviously this is an abortion. This goes back to abortion. Right. She thinks it's perfectly fine because the baby's not really a baby. Right. There's no this, beating heart. Right. It's the point is to de- dehumanize it. And you see this too in um, Planned Parenthood. I looked long and hard because I read about it before, just because I was interested to see what they how they described it, but. What they describe as a dilation and extraction abortion, a DNE, they call it dilation extraction after 16 weeks, I believe it is, where you dilate the cervix and then you remove piecemeal the baby with forceps and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. It's called a dilation extraction. And on, on the Planned Parenthood website, they describe this. They describe how you do it. And I read before about how they do it. And then I was surprised to see that they had said, well, at some part of the uh, procedure, you're going to be made comfortable. Obviously, you have to be comfortable before you have your baby aborted. And they said that they are going to inject the baby with digoxin, which is a heart as a drug that if used an overdose can kill can stop a heart mm-hmm. it's used for arrhythmias but if you use too much of it like any drug it can be harmful and it can stop a heart well that's exactly what they do in a dilation and extraction exam it says sometimes it says in this uh i had to look it up now because now if you go on the website now it doesn't say this but i had to go back in the wayback machine which is an archive of the internet which you can have expunged if you want which after this if enough people hear this or enough people start talking about this, they may ex- actually just erase it. it. <laughs> yes, you can actually request that it be expunged. Because what this Wayback Machine does is it archives websites nearly completely. So you can actually go back on the Wayback Machine. It's like looking back in history. You can go back to, for instance, and say like 2004 and type in Amazon.com and see what it offers. And it's like books and DVDs. And How like far does it go things. back? I think it started in the early 2000s. Like for Echelon Health website, you can go back and look when Echelon Health first started. Oh, It's interesting because it's like, like I said, you can look back in time. But it's also interesting because you can do things like look on the CDC website and say, oh, when when did they say the vaccine uh, was no longer to provide immunity, but rather to produce a immune response, which mm-hmm. they did do. Right. So you can use the Wayback Machine to do that. Anyway, so I had to look long and hard and I had to go back several years and I went back to actually 2014. And this is what it said in 2014. Dilation and evacuation, they call it, not extraction, evacuation. Your healthcare provider will examine you and check your uterus. You will be given medication for pain. You may be offered IV sedation. A speculum will be inserted into your vagina. Your cervix will be prepared for the procedure. You may be given medication or absorbent dilators, blah, blah, blah. You will be given antibiotics to prevent infection. In later second trimester procedures, you may also need a shot through your abdomen. Listen to this. To make sure that the fetus's heart stops before the procedure begins. Your healthcare provider will inject a numbing medication into or near your cervix, medical instruments, and a suction machine gently empty your uterus. I'm surprised they used the term fetus. Yeah, well now, now, now. If you look on it now, it doesn't say anything about a fetus. It doesn't Wait, say so that. is this information from... This is from 2014. Oh, gotcha. This okay. is what you had. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was looking up because Stacey Abrams is talking about a heart. And okay. my point is, is they're trying to get away from this whole idea that there's anything to do with any body parts mm. or humans or brain activity. Nothing. It's just some it's tissue. It's extra tissue that was there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, this is 2014. But like I said, this may be expunged. It says that, uh, yeah, it says... In the later second trimester of procedures, you may also need a shot through your abdomen to make sure that the fetus's heart stops before the procedure begins. Um, so I don't know what this means then. It says you may also need a shot. So maybe they give the medicine to stop the heartbeat first, 
or maybe they don't even worry about it. Can you imagine? I mean, I don't even like to think about it. But it's interesting that this, like I said, from Abrams, she didn't want to talk about a heartbeat. She, it's manufactured. And then Planned Parenthood has recognized this fact, too. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know what? Because now if you go on Planned Parenthood website, what it says is, it says you'll be given antibiotics. I don't even know if it says that anymore. It says, though, about the part about opening the cervix, blah, 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 making you feel comfortable. And then all it says is, I don't think it says in later second trimester procedures. I just think, I think it's what it says is it says you may also need a shot through your abdomen and that's it. It doesn't say what the shots for could be vitamins, could be a tetanus shot. Who knows? It's just a shot through your abdomen and you're on your way. Isn't that hilarious? Mm. It's, it's really telling if you can't see, look, the thing is, is you can argue about abortion, right? You can argue about abortion. You can argue whether the Roe v. Wade, was uh, constitutional or not. You can argue about whether or not people should be allowed to have abortions in states and that thing. But one of the things you should do if you're going to have an argument is be honest. And if you're not honest, then it says something about your um, your side of the argument, I think. Well, we know Planned Parenthood, they, they want to make money. Right. So they're going to say whatever. It's a marketing It's like thing. a car dealer, you know? Some, yeah. you know, They'll tell you whatever some, just to sell you a yes. car. No offense to my brother-in-law. Yeah. But, or some of our patients, but still, they'll tell you whatever they can tell you to, to make a sale. Yeah. But it's interesting that, yeah, that they'll just tell you what it is. It's a shot. It's really interesting to know, though, that to think about what it is, what kind of consent do people get? I wonder what kind of consent they really get. Informed consent. That oh, is. I don't think they even read it. I think they say here, sign this. I think I think they have to watch a video even. But anyway, well, some states require you to have an ultrasound now, right? I th- yeah. So you yeah. do have to have an ultrasound mm-hmm. so you can see your baby, and and yeah. say, okay, so are you sure you want to terminate? Yeah. You want to kill informed this? consent. That's part of informed consent. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what some states do. Yeah, I think that's the way it should be. I mean, if they're going to have abortion, at least let do that. So, because you know, a lot of people are misinformed. They yes. don't think, you know. Well, because of things like this, because right. of people like Stacey Abrams. Right. Like, yes. And because of this. She knows. She's playing I know stupid. She knows. She, well, I don't know if that's. Well, I know she's not very bright, but still, she knows. Actually, I think you're right. I think she knows. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know if she knows that about ultrasounds, but I think she knows what she's doing. And I think she's manipulating the facts to make it seem like there's something different. So I think you should just have your argument. If you're going to have an argument, stand on your argument. Argue for something and believe in your argument and be truthful about your argument. Yeah. I mean, for her to even make a comment, it's crazy. You could easily take the room that she was talking to. I'm sure there was a lot of women there who have had babies. And if you ask how many women, ask them, when did you first hear the heartbeat? A lot of them would say, Six to eight weeks. That's pretty normal. Yeah. For you to, if you, you know, if you're going to the doctor's office, they're going to confirm your pregnancy. They're going to do an ultrasound. And and most people are going to say between six to eight weeks. But this fact checker, Glenn Kessler, saying that it's electrical activity. Well, we know fact checkers aren't honest anyway. Anyway. I mean, fact checkers. And this is stupid anyway. They fact check, fact check. Only, only when it's something to do with. trying to uh, pin something on somebody who's not on their side. That's what they fact check. Uh, what else do we have? Matthew McConaughey says, this is Breitbart. I'd be arrogant not to consider running for president. <laughs> Actor Matthew McConaughey, who's made headlines earlier this year, loudly pushing gun control from Biden's office said he would quote, be arrogant not to consider running for president of the United States at the annual Dreamforce conference. Maybe he should start with, you know, a representative of his state. School board. or Yes, maybe school board. Or be president of a company. I mean, does he just want to go all out? Well, people say, well, Donald Trump never ran for anything. No, but uh, that is very true. But Matthew McConaughey is an actor and and, um, President Trump is a businessman. Yeah. So, you know, he has that experience. Um, Matthew McConaughey. Well, he's a professor, too, apparently. Right. Who? Matthew McConaughey? I don't know. I think he's a professor at a college in Texas. That wouldn't take much. Uh, But still, my point is, he's not a businessman, but um, that I know of. So, yeah, I'd consider it in the future. I'd be arrogant not to. I would absolutely consider it. Listen to this. Or maybe even governor. Maybe you should try to be governor. 
You, I talked about doing that. Yeah, you would be better that. off running for governor than uh, Beto O'Rourke. Mm-hmm. If I got into any form of politics, I'd be remiss not to also go in as an artist and a storyteller. Help put a narrative together. You're the CEO of a nation, of a state and a nation. A lot of compartmentalization and choices to be made. They scare me, but I'm not afraid of them. What the hell does that mean? I don't know. Just act. <laughs> you know, go back to acting. Uh, oh, Lord. <laughs> This is from Breitbart on Twitter. Matthew McConaughey, who delivered a passionate plea for new gun control legislation in an address at the White House briefing room on Tuesday, has used 19 guns in 11 movies over 25 years, according to the Internet movie Firearms Database. And I'm sure, given the opportunity, he would continue using them in movies. Yeah. That's funny. We know how celebrities are, though. Yeah. Well, this is interesting. That's why I wanted to... The reason I was playing this, because actually not all celebrities are... I don't say Matthew McConaughey's stupid. I'm just saying he's a little naive, I guess you call it. He might be a nice person. But listen to this. This is Matthew McConaughey, okay? There's definitely a great divide, greater divide now than there's ever been, McConaughey added. One thing is that we have to admit that part of the divide is the Kool-Aid we're being sold. The divide is not as thick as we're being sold. Most of us are more near the middle and then we're, uh, I cut off and then, but it basically, he, he said this a while ago though, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I remember him saying that, but that's what Matthew McConaughey has to say. But here's, here's, this is interesting. This is, this is from Dave Rubin and he was playing a clip from Bill Maher and Woody Harrelson talking about, uh, basically Hollywood and things like that. I like it. Most Americans would not normally trust the government with helping them you know like what does the government actually do to help you and they don't trust they help they help big corporations industry all the people that got you know got those people into congress or ultimately to become president those people all got to get taken care of they don't trust the cdc americans we have the polling on this is that true that is true okay so here's the cdc promoting that we have to do all of these things right I just, I don't like profiteering in war, you know? Right. Think of the billions of dollars that have gone to Big Pharma. But I'm, I was getting back to my original point. The last people I would trust with my health is Big Pharma and Big Government, because neither one of those strike me as caring entities. We know the government I, cares about us. Isn't that good, though? Yeah. So Woody Harrelson is starting to crack under the pressure of uh, reality. So that... That just shows you that a guy like Matthew McConaughey could could be uh, reachable at some point. I'd rather see Woody Harrelson run, actually, based on what he just said there. Yeah, but he does sound like he could very well be drunk. They were stoned. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Dave Rubin said they were stoned. Okay. They were smoking pot. You know, uh, Woody Harrelson's a big pot smoker. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. I'm not surprised. One thing about Woody Harrelson, though, is he is uh, he he would be a for legalization of marijuana which i think should be legal yeah i think think? that's what charlie christ is pushing someone told me that uh uh, they think that there's a potential for that he could win because he's pushing for legalization of marijuana freed uh that's her business before she came into office she was Mm -hmm. a lawyer for marijuana companies and maybe that's why she ran for department of agriculture or commissioner of agriculture here in florida but um yeah what do you think um, about marijuana? Yeah, um, I think it's. I don't. I don't care. Honestly, I don't care whether it's legal or not. Um, I think it's whatever you want to do with your body. Is you know, smoking marijuana. You want to smoke marijuana? Go for it. Yeah, but if you. So, but I don't think you should be sitting in prison or jail because you smoked a joint. So do you think it should be legal though? Yeah. I do too. Yeah. I know the first. I, well, I say yes. Do I think it should be legal? Yes. But do I want to be in, um, you know, do I want to be somewhere out in public and a person sitting next to me getting high, smoking their marijuana? No, I, I'm annoyed at my yeah, you neighbors. You can have ordinances against that. Though. Yeah. I mean, there would even... have to be some regulation, obviously, yeah. but I get annoyed when I walk outside and my neighbor's. Um, are smoking marijuana and it's so strong I wonder if Olivia's getting a contact high. Yeah, we live next door to some kids and there's probably yes. about 
12 of them living in one house. And yes. it seems like all they do is smoke marijuana and order Uber Eats. <laughs> yeah, they're living their best life. Yeah. But um, yeah, there has to be some regulations. I, like I said, I don't want to be out with my family, my kids, yeah. and, you know, someone sitting next to us getting high as a kite. Yeah. My main reason for uh, <clears throat> wanting it legalized is not because I want a lot of people to smoke pot. Like I said, I could care. I, it's not, as long as, Whatever they're doing doesn't interfere with me as mm-hmm. long as they're not smoking pot and driving mm-hmm. and trying to run over my children in the road or mm-hmm. smoking pot and then trying to fly an airplane right. or doing something, you know, while that's going to be dangerous to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care if they want to smoke pot and uh, it makes them turn out to be uh, very unmotivated and, and live in their parents' basement. Hey, that's part of life. You mm-hmm. have to make your choices. But uh, the main reason I think it should be legalized is because I don't think the government has any role at all in prohibiting you from doing something with a plant that grows out of the ground. Mm-hmm. To me, that just seems beyond absurd. And it goes back to the prohibition of alcohol as an example of how prohibition does not help the situation. And it oftentimes takes something that is a, uh, a vice, let's call it, and makes it into a criminal enterprise so mm-hmm. that you can, you know, make money off of it and make become dangerous and also maybe ruin someone's life by getting put in prison or whatever the case right. is. And we know with medicinal marijuana, I mean, I had a patient tell me not long ago she was getting she was getting medicinal marijuana for anxiety and every six months she has to renew, it's two hundred dollars. Yeah. And then um, you know, it's a little expensive. So yeah. I don't know, I feel like if you can get it from your friend you've been getting it from from the last twenty years yeah then get it from your friend well that's going to be the big i think the big change is the medicinal marijuana uh lobby is not going to want recreational marijuana because it's takes out of their pocket right because if like you said if you can get marijuana from your friend and not have to pay the 200 dollars and go through all of their mm-hmm. you know industry to get it then mm-hmm. their industry goes away right it's you know she said it was 600 dollars to renew after six months and then you have to see the physician which is another fee yeah and then you buy the product which is probably i'm guess she's you know made it sound she doesn't really know for sure but she thought that it seemed a little expensive yeah so you medical know, marijuana though Marijuana in general as a medicine is very useful for a lot of people, especially for pain mm-hmm. and some of it's anxiety too, I think, but most really for pain. There's a lot of people out there in pain who, if they were taking marijuana or otherwise, you know, smoking it or ingesting it or however you want to take it, they would be doing a lot better than if they were addicted to opioids, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think my own dad, before he passed away, he had a lot of problems with back pain and arthritis from uh, uh, having his body abused through his work, labor, and anyway, hips, bad arthritis. I think he would have done well with medical marijuana because he was taken, when he died, he was taken Percocet daily, and he Uh, had been for years. Did you ever mention it to him? No, because by the time, you know, medical marijuana became kind of a thing, he Mm -hmm. was, he had other things going on, mm-hmm. you know, he had us, you know, other things and it was just, but no, I think if he was alive today, I think it would be a, a better alternative than opioids. Right. And a lot of the problem with opioids is it's a constipating effect. Yeah. You know, it can cause a lot of problems with right. constipation. And older people already have that. that. Yeah. Older people already have problem. that problem. So I think medical marijuana is a good idea, but I think recreational marijuana from a standpoint of government intrusion in your life, I think it should be legalized, at least in Florida. And I think what the first thing they should do is make it. And I think a lot of the problem is, is it's still a federal crime, which is stupid. It's on the federal schedule one list, which includes things like, I don't know, cocaine, I think. Anyway, schedule one is drugs that are drugs that have no medical benefit is supposedly what schedule one is. And then schedule two is like opioids, like Percocet and things like that. But schedule one, you can't, you can't prescribe but states prescribe it right now with medical marijuana too if you are prescribed medical marijuana and uh, but your job is you know you know a drug-free zone so and you get hurt on the job and they're they test you and you're positive for marijuana then they could potentially still fire you even though you're getting it legally yeah. So, and then also if you're driving yeah. so that's and you where it seem gets... like you're impaired. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you can go to jail because you're driving under the influence. Yeah. And that's, and that's things that can be worked out. I think, mm-hmm. you know, 
that's that's what reasons uh, this that's the reason the federal government is supposed to be limited by the constitution to enumerated powers there's a few things the federal government is supposed to do and the rest of it can be done by states mm-hmm. or not done by states you know that's the problem with what we do now with we try to make everything a federal law we try to say there's a federal something for everything even there's a federal amount of water that can flow through your toilet if you can believe that <laughs> you know but that's not done by law. That's actually done through administrative law through the EPA, which is a whole different, whole different scenario. Anyway, do you think this is from Town Hall? This is a guy named um, Kurt Schlichter. He says, "Of course, Ron DeSantis will run, and he may very well win." It says, um, basically, he's making the point that Ron DeSantis has to strike while the iron is hot, and he thinks the iron is hot for DeSantis now. And if he doesn't run, he's going to end up like Chris Christie, who was the hot commodity in 2012, and then tried to run later and uh, basically didn't do a very good job. And now he's stuck in green rooms, as uh, Kurt Schlichter says, uh, instead of the White House, he's in the green rooms of these uh, uh, liberal uh, Hollywood, uh, liberal TV channels uh, so he can get on, put on, and talk crap about Republicans is basically his, his job now. <clears throat> but what do you think about that, Charlie Chris? I'm sorry, Charlie Chris. Uh, Ron DeSantis. Well, I think it's true. We know that Governor DeSantis right now, he's in the news. He's on every news station. So, but... Um, I'm going to be selfish. I wanted to keep him here in Florida. I think, yeah, I would like to keep him here in Florida too. And I don't think he is that concerned about being president. Do you? No, not, not really. I think he, um, he doesn't I think he's he lo- a guy who wants to be president. Well, he, first of all, is a true Floridian. Mm-hmm. So I think he sincerely cares about, um, the state of Florida from Dunedin. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's his priority right now. Will he run in the future? Yes, I think so. Um, so what will happen? I don't know what would happen. Let's say, um, so he's running for governor. We know right now he's hopefully going to be, you he's know. supposedly got a double-digit lead over Christ, which makes sense. Okay, yeah. Because Christ is, uh, has been, really doesn't have anything to offer except saying that DeSantis is a bad guy. Yes. But most people don't believe that. Right. So um, what happens, though, Governor DeSantis becomes our, you know, he he stays as our governor. And then what happens in two years? Let's say he runs for presidency. What happens to our governor here in Florida? The lieutenant governor would become the governor. Okay. Just like Kathy Hochul did whenever they got rid of, uh, what's his name? Cuomo. Okay. In New York. Right. Yeah. So whoever, I don't even know who the lieutenant governor is, but the lieutenant governor would become the governor. Here. Yeah. I can't remember her name. And then I think they would nominate somebody. I don't know how they, they appoint somebody, I guess, for to be the new lieutenant governor. Well, I don't know. I, I think he'd make a great president, though. And I think it is, it's in um, his future. He's going to run for presidency. But I think right now, though, he's going to stick to Florida. He's got young kids. He has a wife that's just, you know, recovering from breast mm-hmm. cancer. So, um, Anyway, that's what I think. Here's what Kurt Schlichter says. Uh, They're talking about people thinking about Trump, GOP. And he goes, they don't want to think about it now. He says, but soon they will have to think about it. They'll have to start weighing the alternatives. The GOP base loves only one thing more than Donald Trump, and that's winning. Ron Ron DeSantis is a proven winner. DeSantis, I'm sorry, Donald Trump has the entire axis of evil gunning for him. The GOP could very well offer the Donald a gold watch and a handshake once they think it's over, or not. But one thing is undeniable. Ron DeSantis is the best position to beat Trump or any Republican who might run. And unlike Trump, he has no firm ceiling for votes in the general. If Trump wins, it will be a squeaker. It's just a function of how many losers hate him. DeSantis has no such baggage. That's true. That's all true. We know people despise Trump. A lot of people despise him. Why do they despise him. Trump, though? I think because he's so outspoken and he says it like it is, you know? He just tells people like it is. But do people hate that? I think people do hate that. You know, everyone's offended for every little thing. Or do people hate him because they're told to hate him? Well, I'm sure that, too, because I know that you could ask a lot of people why you hate President Trump and they throw in he's racist. Right. You know, or something stupid. They don't even, And they can't even tell you when they heard him make a racist statement. I've heard somebody say, uh, probably a leftist, say that Donald Trump, I'm sorry, that uh, Ron DeSantis is worse than Donald Trump as far as for their concern is. Because uh, for, he, being outspoken and just telling it like it is. Just in general, he's a worse person than Donald Trump. I don't know. I could. I would much rather listen to Governor DeSantis speak 
versus Donald Trump. Yeah. I like, you know, I suppose I support them both, but Donald Trump, sometimes I'm like, I can't listen to him talk anymore. But, uh, governor DeSantis is, uh, their personalities are very different in my opinion. I think that, I mean, yes, they're both proven leaders. DeSantis doesn't but, have baggage, right? Right. I, I think the, the baggage that Donald Trump is baggage. It's, what is the baggage for Donald Trump? Oh, they're, well, I know I listened to them the other day. They were saying, so he's got, he's been married several times. Okay, but nobody talks. Got, That's not why they hate yeah, him. Yeah, he's got kids from, you know, a couple of different baby mamas. Who okay. cares? A lot of people do. But what's the real baggage about Donald Trump? I don't really know what true baggage they're referring to. I guess they think uh, Jeffrey Epstein might be part of that. You know, they think he was on the planes. I think um, what they mean he's is... He's been accused of uh, rape by women. I think the baggage is baggage that was created. Well, yeah. Russia, that's the baggage. The raid on Mar-a-Lago, that's the baggage. Um, and, that, and that came after. I know. But then my point is, is I think that they created the baggage. They, meaning the left and their allies and the media and the Democrat Party, all of them created this baggage. Mm-hmm. Like you said, all that's true about the flandering and all that stuff. But that's not why... That's not why GOP people would be reluctant to vote for Trump now. I think GOP people, like they did when they, not GOP, but people in general voted for Barack Obama in 2008 and 2012. A lot of them, you know why they voted for him? Because he's black? Yes, in part, but they didn't want to be told anymore that they lived in a racist country. And they thought by voting for Barack Obama, it would prove once and for all that America is not a racist country. So this was a baggage that was generated by the media and by the left and things like that, saying America's racist. So people got fed up and they said, Jesus, fine, I'm going to vote for Barack Obama. God, let's get Barack Obama in there. For once, we can have a black man in there. And then once and for all, we can say we're not racist and we can move past this racism. What happened? Yeah, well. Racism's worse than ever. It is worse than ever. You could have a president, vice president. You could have everybody in Congress black. And I swear they would, people would still say they would still use the race card. Yeah. Well, my I think that what it is is basically Trump ran. Trump is successful. Trump's outspoken. He's a conservative. He is he's a, a white guy. He's white. He's a grassroots guy. But the same things that they've done to Trump, they can do to DeSantis. Oh yes, absolutely. They can find. They can make up stuff. I don't know if they can find anything on him, but they can definitely make up stuff. Yeah, like they, they made up stuff with Trump. Right. Out they, of whole can, cloth. they can say that Ron DeSantis, when he was twelve years old, he tried to rape his ten-year-old classmate. They did the same thing with with Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney now is the darling of the left when it comes to criticizing Republicans because he's a wimp who will throw any Republican under the bus as soon as possible if they'll just pat him on his head. Mm -hmm. And so Mitt Romney, though, when he was running for president, guess what they drug up? Mitt Romney wanted a guy's wife to die of cancer. He denied him health care. Mitt Romney hates dogs. He put one on the roof of his car. When John McCain, another darling of the left, who wanted no more than to be patted on the head by the left establishment, They did pat him on the head when he was attacking George Bush. But when he ran against Barack Obama in 08, they said uh, John McCain is a flanderer. There were stories coming about how John McCain abandoned his wife who had breast cancer. All these bad things about John McCain. So all these things, I think that it's fine to want DeSantis over Trump, I think. If your reason for wanting DeSantis over Trump is you're not going to have to deal with Trump baggage I think you're being naive in thinking that they're not going to invent DeSantis baggage. Right, they There's will. going to be, and, DeSantis, and we had, remember when uh, DeSantis was running against Gillum? These pe- mm-hmm. people listening may not remember it because they weren't in Florida, but we're in Florida. And when he was running against Gillum, you know what one of the things they said about DeSantis was? Mm-mm. He's a racist. Oh, of course. Do you remember why? No. Because Andrew um, Gillum was black. Right. And wasn't there a comment made about a monkey? Yes. We don't want a monkey around with this. Yes. And the left, automatically, they hear the word monkey. And what's the first thing they think of? Yeah. Because they're so not racist. Mm -hmm. They think of a black person, apparently. (laughs) Because that's what they said. And they said DeSantis is a a racist because he called Andrew Gillum a monkey. And we dodged a bullet with him. Yes. For sure. But um, I think... um, I think DeSantis would be a great president, but he is a great governor. I think so. he's a great governor. I just think. And that- we also know, too, that, well, I think that if President Trump does indeed run, 
then DeSantis is not going to. They're Here, friends, and they're not going to compete but, against but each Schlichter other. But Kurt Schlichter thinks that he will. Kurt Schlichter thinks he will run against Trump and beat Trump. I don't think that will happen. That's my opinion. That's my I, opinion, too. You think he will or will not? Will not. Okay. I, I hope he will so. not. I don't think he will because they're, they're, they get along. They have, um, from what I've read from Governor DeSantis, he says they have a friendship. Here's the thing. What do you think? It's like, it's like Michael Corleone says. You have to think like the people around you think. And so... What do you think that the uh, Democrats think about the DeSantis Trump? Do they want DeSantis to run against Trump? Mm. They, I would think that people would, if it comes down to one or the other, I do think that they probably like DeSantis better than Trump. I know, but who would they would if you ask if you asked your you know person on the, the Democrat side? Mm-hmm. A person who's involved in politics and said, do you want DeSantis and Trump to run against each other in the primary? What do you think they would say? I don't know. I'm not sure. I would say they would say yes. Because you think they'd want to see them get ugly with each other? Yes. It does nothing but harm either one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's another reason. I think there's going to be a lot of push for DeSantis to run by the media. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, we saw it with with Biden. You know, they were all hating on each other, you know. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we love Biden. You know, they support him. So they all, they do get ugly. But um, I don't know. I don't think DeSantis and Trump are going to run because they don't they're not going to they don't want to do that. Well, we'll see. We'll know in uh, a few months. And I know we don't. Somebody did say, oh, you know, uh, Trump can be president. DeSantis mm-hmm. can be VP. I would rather that happen than they run against each other if they're going to do anything. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then. Um, when Trump is done with his four years, mm. then DeSantis can move in mm. for another for eight as mm. president. Yeah. And that just sounds like a fairy tale. It's that would be too good to be yeah. true, really. Yeah. Although it's 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 possible. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, uh, here's something. This is from John Nulty. This is from Breitbart. It says producers promise next James Bond will be more sensitive. Great. It says the next James Bond will have bigger roles for women and more sensitive 007, according to producers. According to producers who said, Bond is evolving just as men are evolving. Robert Broccoli, the producer, said the next actor to take the role will continue the work of Daniel Craig, who cracked open Bond emotionally. Asked by the far-left Variety magazine if those qualities would continue in the next film, Broccoli agreed. It's an evolution. Bond is evolving just as men are evolving. I don't know who's evolving at a faster pace. What are they going to do? He's going to be a sensitive Is he going to be, you know, he's... He's always gets the woman, right? And Not always, anymore. So is he going to be... I haven't seen the last the three Bond films, but apparently they've really toned that down where Bond doesn't score anymore, really. Huh. You know? Actually, the guy who directed the last James Bond movie... Uh, I forgot his name. Anyway, he said that the uh, J- Sean Connery's James Bond was a rapist. What? Yeah. Yeah. He was a woke producer. Woke director, I mean. I think the next James Bond, if they want to go that route, should be Brian Stelter. <laughs> what do you think? Oh my God. Go from a alpha male to a complete beta no, male. No, the thing is, he could do it fine. No one would watch it. And that's the thing, and no one will watch it. Mm-hmm. That's what brings me to what made me print this out was uh, one of our patients is a director, mm-hmm. uh, and he's he works, you know, he works in films and things like that, and he said that he was in Europe. And he was premiering a movie that they had just wrapped. They had it premiered in in Belgium, Brussels. And then they went and they premiered it to some other group, uh, industry group. And there was this group that was making an Amazon show. They're shooting an Amazon, Amazon Amazon.com show, not Amazon, like the jungle, but Amazon's making a a show that's kind of meant to maybe uh, be like a Game of Thrones type. Okay. Anyway, I asked him, I said, well, what is the deal with... um, he is talking about how movie sales are down and, and the theaters are empty. Mm-hmm. I said, well, what's the deal? He said, what's the content? The content is overall declined. I said, is the content declining? Because people are just so concerned about, you know, being, you know, tied in politically with the latest movements, you know, how they're trying to make uh, stories, you know, about whatever is being covered in the New York Times, Washington Post, whatever they say people are interested in as far as, you know, being woke. And he said, he said, kind of like that. And he said that there was a, um, they're shooting that show over there in the, in Belgium. I'm sorry. This was in the Czech Republic. 
And Amazon has a uh, apparently quotas for their for their cast and people who work on the set. And so what they did was they they there was all there's no black people or anybody except white Europeans in the Czech Republic. It's just the way it is. It's like go to Nigeria and say, okay, we have to have uh, roles for we have to have white people in this mm-hmm. movie. Well, there's, there's no white people in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. It's just geographically that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, they said that they couldn't shoot the movie until they had some people of color. Some, so what they did was they they flew in four women from Ghana, actresses, and they came over and they sat on the set of this show in the Czech Republic and did nothing. Didn't didn't read scripts, didn't do anything. They just sat on the set, received a full pay as everybody else there, and that's how they got around their quota system. So what do they do? They have like this checkoff box yeah. type of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, we gotta have somebody that's gay. Absolutely. Have somebody that's lesbian, somebody white, somebody black, absolutely and Hispanic. <laughs> just like that latest screen movie that we saw. Yeah. Remember? Yes. It was obvious. It was obvious. You turn it on and you're like, wait a second. The thing is, though, that means the movie's not... I mean, the thing is, if you're taking actors based on the color of their skin instead of the quality of their acting, and that was the worst movie, uh, Scream. I think so, too. We're like, oh, this was not good at all. The actors were not good. Well, it's also the first one that wasn't done by Wes Craven. That's true. he's, He's passed away. That's true. But yeah, you're right. Well, this is interesting transition. Can you say that again? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Medical group sues Pfizer. This is from the Blaze. Medical group sues Pfizer for quote open discrimination against whites and Asians. Pfizer claims that it established the Breakthrough Fellowship Program to quote increase minority representation at Pfizer and to enhance its pipeline of diverse leaders. Pfizer limits those who may apply for the. Uh, Breakthrough Fellowship Program. In addition to being a U.S. citizen, a resident, a junior at a college, and a master's in business, pharmacology, or statistics, they must be willing to remain or relocate to New York City and must meet the program's goals of increasing the pipeline for black slash African-American, Latino slash Hispanic, and Native Americans. So this group is a group called Do No Harm, and uh, it describes itself as a group of physicians, healthcare workers, medical students, patients, and policymakers who wish to protect healthcare from a radical and divisive discriminatory ideology. They filed a lawsuit in the federal court to end the supposedly discriminative, discriminatory aspects of Pfizer's program. Hmm. So that's, you know, that's everywhere. This, it is. This the banks idea. are doing it right now. What bank is doing that? Is it Bank of America only uh, giving loans out? They're doing some type of special loan program, you know, to uh, black people only. Yeah, I covered that a few weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. only in certain neighborhoods. Right. Yes, and the, these and these programs are basically different than anybody else's. So, like, the no no down payment programs, things like right. that. So, how is that not discriminatory? Well, it against, is obviously you know, discriminatory. The question they, is, how is it not illegal? Right. I mean, because it is discriminatory. It is definitely discriminatory. It's in plain sight. Yeah. So I can't, uh, you know, if I lived in this neighborhood, neighborhood and I'm white. Yeah. And what do and they my, do? What and my they... neighbor's black. And let's say we make the same amount of money. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we can give your neighbor um, the loan, but we can't. You have to pay your thirty-five thousand or forty thousand dollar down, but your neighbor doesn't have to yeah. because they're black. Even though we might work at the same job, drive the same kind of car, carry the same insurance, have the same amount of kids, but because they're black. They're going to, I mean, it makes no sense that this is allowed. Pfizer says we will continue to strive to create more opportunity, including through specific programs to create designed to cast a wide net for talent. Actually, it's a narrow net. (laughs) If you're excluding people based on their skin color, that's not a wide net by definition. That's a narrow net. Right. And it says here, the Google fellowship program. This is another one. It says Google has recently come under fire for supposedly discriminating against whites and Asians in one of its PhD fellowship programs. The Google fellowship program is blatantly unlawful and a moral quota plan that pits students against one another by skin color and ethnic heritage, said Edward Blum, the founder of Students for Fair Admissions. Our nation's enduring civil rights laws were passed specifically to forbid this type of racial discrimination. Like mm-hmm. Pfizer, Google says it stands by its policy. Yeah, well, I remember when Madison was in high school and she was applying for scholarships. She wasn't allowed to apply for some scholarships because she wasn't Hispanic or she wasn't black. Now, if we had came across a scholarship that said only whites can apply, yeah. all hell would break loose. 
Yeah. And what does it say to people who are? Well, it made us feel aggravated. Uh, Why? I mean, if they had the same qualifications, why does her skin color? Why is that important? It it shouldn't be. Does that make people more or less likely to have harbor uh, feelings of racism? That yes, it's going to make people. It makes you angry, right. and then you're why? That's when you're. That's when you get angry and say, "Well, why is that black person getting this when this person's not? You know, this white person's not getting the same." Yeah. Even though they both of this, you know, they both came from the same background, but great grades, took the same classes, but you know, this child cannot apply for this scholarship, and look at and this stu- child can because the they're of the color. Of look at the stupidity of it. Look at you and I. Okay. Mm-hmm. You and I are married. We have one child mm-hmm. together. This The child we have is three quarters Caucasian by skin color. Mm-hmm. One quarter uh, Filipino. Because I'm half Filipino, half Caucasian, whatever you want to call it. So you're a full blood Caucasian, right? So mm-hmm. three quarters Caucasian. Yet she looks for all intents and purposes like a full blooded Filipino. Yes. So if there was some carve out program for Filipinos... She would qualify for it just based on the fact that she inherited DNA that made her skin color different, even though it's a very small part of her DNA. Mm -hmm. It's only a quarter of her DNA Mm -hmm. by average. Yeah. It seems how it shows how stupid it is. Or you look at the situation where you're like you said, you take two people who have the same income, same whatever, and just be based on their skin color. They're going to get benefits or not. But that's not even what happens. Mm -hmm. These people that are applying for this program, these Latino, African-American, black, there's nothing that stipulates that they have to be impoverished. You know, this could be Michael Jordan's children, for instance. Right. Or this could be uh, uh, Jennifer Lopez's children or somebody else. Mm -hmm. I think that's the that's the problem when you start looking at people based on their skin color and using that as some type of jump off for determining whether or not they need to have special treatment. It's crazy because growing up, we never, I never thought that way. We didn't, you know, I grew up in Zephyr Hills and people just, I mean, racism just didn't exist really. It didn't exist. There wasn't a lot of it. No, I mean, I don't remember um, there being issues based on um, someone's color. Now there was issues, um, our, you know, there was, um, I would say segregation, if you want to use that word, uh, based on, okay, so you have the jocks over here, people that played football, mm-hmm. people that listened to music over here. They clicks. were put together due to their hobbies yeah. and their interests and their likes. Yeah. It had nothing to do with the color of their skin. Yeah. Well, it's like when I was in med school, you know. There was a variety of different people. And I don't remember anybody ever making a big deal about who was what color. You know, I have to think about it before I even think about who's what color people are like myself, for instance. I know. I don't even think about the fact that you're, you know, half Filipino. And then when it I doesn't see, matter, I doesn't. And then when I see you in a picture, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's Filipino. do you immediately feel sorry for me? Absolutely. See my skin color and you feel sorry for me. I bet. Mm-hmm. Well, people will say, I know. Well, I wonder though. I was telling a patient the other day when I was giving an IV. I said, "I hope Olivia is not treated differently." I know. Well, you know, people that hear this will say, "Well, that's great for you and Zephyr Hills, but you didn't have to deal with the racism I had to deal with in uh, wherever." Well, yes, uh, racism does exist. Real, right. true racism does exist. I obviously know that. Right. You know, there's a lot of hateful people out there. Um, it, I didn't deal with it though. You know, right. in Zephyr. You know where Hills. you see a lot of the racism. In cities. Yeah. In cities. That's where you see it. Not so much in suburbs or uh, like where we live and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, we live in the suburbs. You see it in the cities and that's what they do is they, they put people in cities and then they start heaping this rhetoric on people. And then, uh, that's where you see a lot of hate crimes happen, you know, and it's not just hate crimes against minorities. It's minorities against, like, for instance, blacks and uh, Asians. You see a lot of hate crimes in New York. You can just Google that and see that. And you see that in California, too. And uh, so I don't think that, you know, the racism that people see, I don't see how Pfizer having a uh, some type of pipeline for color uh, people of a certain color or Google. I don't see how that helps to solve what the problem of racism is. I think it reinforces racism. I think it reinforces the idea that people are different based solely on their skin color. Right. It it does put people against each other. I think about um, 
you know, just think about our pool parties we have. Think of how many different colors of kids are there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nobody cares. Yeah. So, you know, we have friends that have, there's some um, kids, uh, my sister's children, you know, they're half Egyptian. Yeah. Amanda's child is half black. And Olivia's, you know, some Philip, you know, has Filipino in her. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, know, nobody cares. And the kids all play together and get along and they have a great time together. My nieces and nephews and mm-hmm. Marilyn are half black, if you want to call it that way. I don't feel sorry for them based on their skin color. And I know their parents don't feel sorry for them based on their skin color. And I know their parents, my sister and my brother-in-law, don't think that they are somehow... Uh, need special treatment because of their skin color. It's actually very insulting. It is insulting. And I said that to a patient the other day. Do you want me to treat you differently because you, uh, you're you Jamaican, yeah. black? And we just giggled about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, how would I treat her differently? How would I just treat her with the same respect I do with everybody? Yeah. This is one thing. This is funny. This is from Breitbart.com. Elections are coming up. So Steve Scalise... Who is the, um, I think he's the minority minority whip. I think that's who he still is. So Steve Scalise is a good guy. He's been around from a long time ago. He's a House of Representatives. Uh, and he's been around since Paul Ryan was there and, and uh, Andy McCarthy. And then uh, uh, the guy that got kicked out. I forgot his name anyway. He's not important. Anyway, so they have something called a commitment to America. A bold conservative, and this is written by Steve Scalise and Breitbart. Republicans are rolling out our commitment to America, which is a bold conservative vision for a prosperous America. And it says uh, Republicans have a simple solution. One of them is stand with law enforcement and secure nations, secure America's borders. Uh, Unlike Democrats, Republicans will put parents and children over union bosses. They're talking about um, as far as school meetings and things like that, uh, putting parents over the teachers unions, uh, pass a parents bill of rights where children or well, the parents will have a stronger voice and be able to get involved in their kids' education. And then he goes back to the border and he says, um, we're experiencing the worst border crisis in American history. More than 3.2 million migrants have been apprehended during Joe Biden's presidency. And he says, uh, despite control of both houses of Congress, chambers of Congress, Democrats have refused to investigate the Biden administration. Blah, blah. Anyway, so this is uh, Steve Scalise. Uh, if, if we repu- if we elect a bunch of Republicans in uh, the Congress in the November, do you think there'll be a big difference based on, on for, Im- for illegal immigration? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I don't, I, right now, I don't even hear anyone complaining about immigration. Not until you write about this. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I don't hear, I haven't heard much from Ted Cruz in Texas. No. I don't think there's, I don't, I don't hear, I mean, we know that the last, um, the last graph I looked at, there was 1.8 million illegal immigrants. This year. This year alone. Yeah. And you can see the graph, it goes all the way back, you know, I think maybe to 2014 or 16. Um, it's crazy. Uh, 1.8 million now. And he says there's 3, 3 million now. So, well, but know, no, but I don't hear anyone saying anything about it. When Trump was president, they had both houses of Congress, Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell, and they didn't pass any of this stuff, the stuff they're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Republicans are so reactionary they react they're never on the offense they're never ahead of the game they're right. constantly counterpunching and uh this thing is a commitment to america i don't know I, they're gonna win most likely you know whether it be a red wave or not i don't know but really what needs to happen is there needs to be uh something other than this just regular washington dc republicans around because all this stuff that they're talking about trying to do, they could have done that when they had Paul Ryan in Congress. They didn't hardly do anything. Yeah. I mean, and uh, Kamala Harris says that Emma, there's not an issue. You know, the border is secure. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much like the end of it. Okay, it's secure. Yeah. They you say know, it's secure. There's nothing more to talk about. Yeah. So they're secure. I said it's secure. And then, oh, uh, move on, we go. I do think it's um, great what... Um, what DeSantis is doing and Greg Abbott shipping them off to sanctuary cities. You've never seen such talk about border, uh, uh, about illegal immigration than in the last few days. And that's because they've shipped them. Yeah. And, and the people that got shipped to are mad. 
but you've oh. never. Well, those videos from Martha's Vineyard, I mean. The, the, the white the, people in the in the comical. fancy hats yes. cheering them, kissing them goodbye. Yes. Good luck on your journey. Good luck on your journey. Yes. Send us a postcard. They are um, so out of touch. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of people, and someone said this, that these are the same people who uh, they go to um, things for homeless people mm-hmm. and like... Uh, they, for events or like fundraisers for homeless people and they sit around and they clink champagne glasses and talk about how, how wonderful they are and how compassionate they are for being there. Mm-hmm. That's what these people are. But they never expect the homeless people to actually show up. <laughs> no. And that's what happened this time. And it showed up and it scared the wits out, scared them to death. Like, what do we do? Yeah. There's a thing on Babylon B where this woman was calling the uh, police because she says there's a a brown person outside my window and they're not even operating a leaf blower. Yeah. They don't even have, they don't even look like they have a rake in their hands. So get them out of here. And they sure did. They got them out of there quick. And they could have easily employed these people. They could have employed them or they could have at least put them up temporarily yeah. and found them jobs locally. But instead they shipped them straight away to Cape Cod military base. Yeah. And okay. So let's just say these people, um, you know, I don't know if I, I'm, I would imagine that the majority of these people did not speak English. Um, but you know, I mean, we know that there's a lot of landscapers in this area mm-hmm. that are Hispanic. Well, apparently, they do a wonderful job. I was listening. They could clean, clean homes or, yeah. you know, whatever things that don't require a lot of skill if they're not real skilled people. I was listening to um, someone who lives on Cape Cod, and I'm sorry, Martha's Vineyard. She called into Buck, Clay and Buck, and she said that everyone who does the work there are Brazilians, illegal Brazilians. Not oh. everyone, but most of the people that live and work there doing construction, like you mm-hmm. said, landscaping, mm-hmm. illegal Brazilians. So they've already have a program in place for helping illegals you know, figure out how to work it out. So I don't know why they oh. couldn't have just kept them there. Like you said. So this lady lived there. She lives so in Martha's what did, Vineyard. So what did she think about, you know, them shipping the people off? Was she in agree? Did she agree with it? She or? said that they have a housing crisis there. I don't know. What's that? What is that? That what they don't have they? enough housing. But we know that. Maybe it's because they have so many damn mansions. <laughs> And, we uh, know that the population is like 15,000 yeah. during the summer, yeah. and it does go to like over 200,000 um, other, other times besides the summer. Yeah. But, yeah. but they're, but they're mansions. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the case of their housing crisis, I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> they could have figured it out without shipping them away in 48 hours. They could have at least given them a week. Yeah. The, the thing is, is they're just pure hypocrites. Yeah. They are hypocrites. They could have easily put them to work. Give them jobs. I mean, if they're allowed to be over here, then, you know. I mean, they should do what they think we're supposed to do. We're supposed to just absorb them, right? Mm-hmm. Enroll them in your local schools. No one ever says that when illegals are shipped here by Joe Biden in the dead of night that we're supposed to do anything except take them in and figure it out. Mm-hmm. The local school systems like we have are overburdened with children. A lot of them are probably children of illegal immigrants. We don't ship them out. We just absorb them. We figure well, it out. As a matter of but fact, the people in Martha's Vineyard can't figure it out. Right. As a matter of fact, they're doing, they're rezoning. They're doing the boundaries for yeah. Hillsborough County because, well, for illegals, I'm sure. And then also because we have had an influx of people come mm-hmm. into the state. So we have schools that are overcrowded and then schools that are, that don't have enough children. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be rezoning the boundaries to try and even it out. Yeah. But you know, you can, you can see even just driving through Tampa, that there's more people here, yes. You know, and and some I don't know whether they're illegal or not, but I know there is a more a large Hispanic population, larger, j- larger Hispanic population, and they're just walking all over the streets. Yeah, and guess what? We're just gonna we're gonna have to figure it out. Yeah, and that's what they should have done in Martha's Vineyard. They just figured it out, but instead they took the easy way out. They took some photo ops. They posted that on Instagram. They slapped each other on the backs, telling them that they did such a good deal, and then they shipped them away to Cape Cod Military Base, and then a lot away with their fairy tale life yeah so what happens now right. you know what, to those what, people yeah what happens now now they got a democrat lawyer that's suing uh, ron DeSantis. oh uh, really yeah okay yeah they've uh, they they have a democrat lawyer a democrat lawyer so swooped the, in. these 50 people yes so this lawyer is representing these right. 50 people Well, they sought him out apparently right 
Oh, of course. And paid them. Even though they probably paid don't. Paid them with mo- the money that they brought when they're, you know, across the, on their trip. Yeah. We know they have no money because they already said yeah. they had no so, money, yeah, they no got food. A, they got a left-wing lawyer that's now going to sue DeSantis. And what are they going to sue him for? I mean, he Fraud, put them on. They got an airplane air, ride to an human island. Human trafficking, everything else. But well, then again, he, that's back to my point. DeSantis, they're going to build baggage around him. So if you're going to vote for Trump or you want DeSantis to run because you think that he won't have the baggage that Trump has... That's not the case. They're going to create baggage for DeSantis. So no matter who runs in uh, in November, unless it's somebody who's a rhino, they're going to have a lot of baggage for him. Even if that's a rhino, they're going to create baggage for him. But they know they're going to beat the rhino. Liz Cheney is my choice. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, mine too. Well, that's it for us this week. Until next week, I hope you all have a good weekend. And take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.